0: Today's podcast is sponsored by the Christ for Disciples podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Steinberg, son of a canon, and father of five sons. Each weekday on the Christ for Disciples podcast, I apply God's word to raising the next generation. Take 10 minutes each weekday to listen to the Christ for Disciples podcast and get direction and gospel power to disciple the youngest generation. Subscribe to the Christ for Disciples podcast by going to ChristForDisciples.com or searching on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and whatever else. ChristForDisciples.com You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. This is the place where young men come to learn what it means to be a man after God's own heart. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. And our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to be the men that God created them to be. So roll up your sleeves, gentlemen, and gird up. It's time to get to work. What's up, gentlemen? Welcome to Gird Up. My name is Charlie. This is the place where young men learn to be the men that God created them to be. If you want to live like a man after God's own heart, it's something you have to learn. It's not something that's going to come naturally. It's something you're going to learn from the study of Scripture, from getting to know Jesus better. It's going to come from prayer and a relationship with your Heavenly Father. It's going to come from being filled with the Spirit. It's also going to come from other men. You're going to have to learn from other men if you're going to be a man. God has given us a tremendous blessing in older men and even other men um, who can train us and help us be the men that we ought to be, keep us accountable, teach us the way that men behave. If we can't admonish each other and make each other better, we're not gonna make each other men. I'm glad that you're here. Big shout out to our sponsors. God bless you all. Let's get started with the show. Oh, before we do that, if you want a gird up shirt One like this that says, if boys don't learn, men don't know. Or one of the Marty's Muscle Torium shirts or one of the Paul's guidelines for boys, whatever, whichever one you want. You can find those online. There's a few free downloads there as well. Now, fellas, um, (laughs) okay. So there's a dude texted me over the weekend um, and just asked me, like, hey, do you think it's okay if a man stays home with the kids while his wife goes to work and makes a living? So basically, is it okay for a Christian to be a stay-at-home dad? And first off, what an incredible blessing. Most men, well over 80% of men, um, when they're interviewed beyond the age of 60, if you ask them what their one regret in life is, if they could pick one thing that they regret, over over 80% of men in America say they wish they would have spent more time with their families and spent less time working. None of them, no men polled said they wish they spent more time at work or they wish that they had you know, gone further in their career or whatever it might be. Not a single one. Not a single one. But well over 80% of men in America beyond the age of 60 wish that they had spent more time with their families. And the men men now generally spend less time with their families than they did a generation before. They might spend more time at home, which many men actually do spend more time at home than the last generations, um, than the 50s, 60s, 70s, even in the 80s, but we spend less quality time with our kids. When we're at home, we're watching TV, we're online, we're playing with our phones, or our kids are doing the same. That doesn't count as quality time with our kids. So what a tremendous blessing it would be for a dad to be able to spend all that time at home with his kids. Ah, so cool. Now, some people are going to say, you know, well, isn't it the man's responsibility to provide for his house? No, no, it's a man's responsibility to make sure that his home is provided for. A man is accountable before God for what happens inside his home. Okay. That means that it's his responsibility to make sure that his family is provided for. It's his responsibility to make sure his family is protected. It's his responsibility to make sure that his family is raised up in the word of God. But how he accomplishes that, what he does, like the way that he and his family decide to organize and structure it so that those things happen, that's up to him. That's on him. He gets to decide that. He and his family. Okay? And it will be foolish for anybody to write a prescription for how your family should be run or try and tell you... You know, from, from the outside, hey, this is what your family ought to be like. This is what every family ought to do. If your wife is a kick-ass teacher, she's an amazing teacher. She loves kids. She wants to work with kids, and she wants to have a career, and you can work from home, go ahead. Be a stay-at-home dad. Heck, even if you're not working from home, be a stay-at-home dad. Maybe you married a lawyer. Maybe your wife started her own company. She makes more money than you and your family are ever going to spend. Your family has been provided for. And it's okay that she's the one that did that. There's nowhere in Scripture that says a man needs to be the one making money for his family and it's not okay for the wife to make more money than the husband or something like that. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible makes it clear that men are responsible for making sure these needs are met and that they're accountable before God for what happens in their home. But what happens in their home, as long as it's within the confines of the law, man, it's up to them. It's their responsibility. It's their job to figure it out. And what a blessing it would be to be able to spend all that time at home with your kids. How cool would that be? What a blessing it would be to have a wife who works that hard and is that industrious. What a gift from God. Holy cow. Now, I would say most families are going to um, go through phases if this is, is going to be the case, so most families aren't going to have a man who from the day the first child is born until the day the last child graduates from high school is never going to work a day in his life. Most families aren't going to be like that, right? Most families are going to go through some phases. So maybe you married a woman who's a, 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 a doctor. I think that's a great example, right? You're going to work for the first couple of years of your marriage while she finishes up medical school. And then she's going to go to work and she's going to make a lot of money. Now, if you're a family-minded husband and wife and you want to have kids, she's gonna start having kids. If you are, you know, a teacher, if you are a mechanic, if you are a, you know, a, a manager at a grocery store, whatever it might be, like there's thousands of jobs out there that are good jobs, but A, they're gonna make less money, B, they require less specialization, and C, it's gonna be easy for you to get back into the workforce someday if you want to. It makes more sense for you to stay at home or for her to go to work than the other way around. Partially just for financial reasons, she's got a whole lot more debt, okay? Or Well, I guess now you're married, so it's the two of you. The two of you have a whole lot more debt because of her education than to do for your education. That's just the nature of school, right? Number two, um, if she leaves the medical profession for a while... She's going to, it's going to be harder for her to get back into the medical profession if she's not practicing than somebody else later on. And C, a woman like that who goes through all that to get her degree, it, it, it's, it doesn't change the fact that she probably wants to have kids. She probably does want to have kids. She's probably going to be an awesome mom. But she also likely, from the start, has wanted to be a doctor and a mom. Okay, and working full-time doesn't keep you from being a mom. In fact, like um, medical professionals, uh, emergency professionals, um, I'm trying to think of some other ones, I, but those those in particular, they're actually kind of a blessing in the opposite way where, yes, you're going to be busy for a week at a time, but then you're also going to have like four or five days off where you all get to be home together. What a tremendous blessing, Okay. Anybody who tells you every family needs to be the same or every relationship needs to be the same or husbands and wives should only behave in a certain way is a fool. And you should not listen to them. Now, if one of your friends admonishes you and says, hey, man, you're, you, I, I've been around your family. I've been around your home. Or maybe it's your dad or something, right? They say, look, man, I think your relationship with your wife might improve if you take this step, right? Or, hey, man, um, this is what worked for my wife and me when we were going through something similar. I just want to tell you about it. Take it or leave it. you know." But this is, then listen, man. Like, I'm not saying don't listen to anybody. What I'm saying is stop acting like you're accountable to people you're not accountable to, what business is it of, you know, people outside of your home, how you conduct business in your home, as long as you're rooted in righteousness, okay? If it's if there's sin going on, right, if there's sin going on, then your Christian brothers need to come and admonish you, and you should be admonishing them if there's sin going on in their home. But as far as, like, who earns the money, who brings home the bacon, all that kind of stuff, man, forget them. Forget them. In fact, I think we put way too much, um, we give away way too much of our power, all right? Um, In Matthew 18, Jesus laid out exactly how we should have these conversations with our brothers and sisters when there's sin involved, right? So if I notice that one of my brothers and sisters is living in sin, okay, the first thing I do is I go and I talk to them myself, all right? If that doesn't work, if they still continue to live in sin, the second thing that I do is I go and bring one or two friends with me. And hopefully these are people that also know my friend and know them well. So if I'm if I'm like uh, dealing with my best friend from college who none of my current friends really know him, right? So I'm not going to bring somebody from work to go admonish my college friend if these two dudes don't know each other, right? So this should be like somebody else that's part of our church community or somebody else that's good friends with us, somebody else that plays basketball with us, whatever it might be, right? I'm going to take one of those guys with me. And the three of us are going to sit down and we're going to talk it out. Okay, if that doesn't work, if you've talked to him personally, and then you and a friend have gone and talked to him personally, and he still is living in sin, he and his family are still living in sin, then you go to the church. And the church makes a good faith effort. They don't like try and make a phone call and then dump him. They make a good faith effort to sit down with you, to work with him, to get to know him, get to know his situation, to understand what's going on behind the scenes, what's going on in his heart, why he's living this way, why he's behaving this way, before you go on, and you know, whether you want to call it excommunication or cutting him off from membership or whatever my, whatever words your church uses, before you get to that step, there's three um, love-driven interventions before you get to that step. Okay, And then when he does leave that life of sin and he repents, he gets to come back. Now, of course, we're going to keep an eye on him, make sure he doesn't slip back into those sins, but he gets to come back, okay? The same thing is true in our personal lives, all right? And that is a good guide often to live by, there's it's one thing to have a brother who you can talk to anything about and you go back and forth and this, that, or whatever. Like, I've got a couple of dudes, I'm not even married, and I got a couple of dudes who, like, when I hang around their families and their wives, every once in a while they'll be like, Hey, this is what's going on, and I want your advice on it, right? And they'll actually ask me about something going on with their wife, and I'll answer that question. Um, and every once in a while, one of my dudes will do something stupid, and I'll just say to him, Hey, look, man, you've got a wife and a kid at home. Or, like, hey man, you've got a fiance, you're gonna marry in a couple of months. This is not behavior conducive to a healthy relationship with your family. Okay, that's a whole different thing. Right? That's got sin involved in it. The question is, is it a sin? Should I be admonishing this man for sinning in this situation? Okay. If you can't find a spot in scripture that tells you this is sin, <laughs> then Don't treat it like sin. If it's bothering you and it's really eating away at you, go dig into scripture and pray about it until you figure out why it's bothering you and why it's digging into you. Okay? And if it turns out that it is sin or you think it's sin, go talk to him. All right. But if it's just like, man, it makes me uncomfortable, or that's not how we do things, or what that's it's a different conversation. And this is not licensed for you to dismiss anybody that ever admonishes you. I'm not saying that at all. Okay, Um, what I am saying is you need to be careful about who you give power to, who you give authority to. The Bible tells us that we should be submissive to authority. Okay, the government has authority over us. They're accountable for what happens to us, right, the people in government. And God has put them in place and given them power, and he explicitly tells us to um, submit to them. Okay, okay. Children are supposed to submit to their parents and any extension of their parents. So if they go to summer camp, they're supposed to uh, submit to their counselors. And when they go to school, they're supposed to submit to their teachers, whatever. But they are not required to submit to random people that are older than them at any point. right? And, and that might sound silly, but think about it. The whole stranger danger thing. Don't do what a stranger's telling you to do. If a stranger pulls up and says, Get in my van, you run the other way. All right? Now, I understand there's some gray area here, right? There's some little old lady at church that you don't that your ten year old doesn't know, and he gets caught sinning and she says you shouldn't do that, and he mouths off to her, that's a sin problem. Okay? But when your kid's walking down the street and uh, you know, Somebody pulls over and says, Look, man, you shouldn't be riding your bike that way. And there's like there's no law about it. They're just like telling him what to do. He doesn't have to listen to them. They have no authority over him. Okay? The same is true with us as adults. Not everybody has authority over us. And we need to be careful who we give authority to. That's a very, very valuable thing. We need to make sure we don't give it away without reason. Okay? So as an adult, you've got your boss, and they're your Authority when you're at work. Okay, so when you're under their jurisdiction at work, they are your authority. Okay, but the people around you, most of the people around you at work are not an authority over you. All right, the people that are like literally outrank you in the company and get a chance, get the job of telling you what to do, they get paid for, to have more responsibility than you and tell you what to do. Those are your bosses. Okay, you submit to them. Not everybody at work you need to submit to, but be careful, make sure that you're testing it against the will of God and make sure that you're following the will of the Father, the spirit of the law, right? Um, at church, your pastor is going to be an authority figure over you, right? And he's not always necessarily going to be, able, like I'm not saying you should just do whatever he says. At least you should never question him or something like that. Just the opposite. Um, but he's putting an authority over you. You're supposed to submit to him. And remember, submission means you allow someone to teach you. You allow someone to lead you and guide you, and it better be your pastor. And if your pastor isn't somebody you can trust to lead you and guide you, go somewhere else, okay? Um, An interesting one that I like to think about is, like, church councils and school boards and things like that, right? The church council, as a body, does have authority. But the individual members of the church council, without the council... Is not necessarily an authority. Now, he should behave in a con- in conduct as above reproach. You should meet all the all of the all of the recommendations of Scripture for what a leader looks like. But it's his role on the body that gives him authority, not personal authority. Okay, So what happens a lot of times is we allow people to pressure us into um, doing things that we don't necessarily need to or believing things we don't necessarily need to um, or, or even doing things that aren't biblical or scriptural in the name of Jesus because someone who doesn't know what they're talking about or someone who has a misunderstanding or someone who was not in a place of author- of actual real authority told us to believe something or to do something. We were just like, yep, I'll do that. And we never actually measured it and tested it. So don't forget who the authority is in your life. Your Heavenly Father is the authority in your life, and nobody else is, okay? So your Heavenly Father has authority. and Just like your parents gave power to your teachers, gave authority to your camp counselors, gave authority to your babysitters, all that. So the Heavenly Father gives authority to our pastors, to our bosses, to our governmental leaders, so like law enforcement, those people. They do have authority, okay? But they're not perfect and they're not God. So be careful who you submit to. Be very, very careful who you submit to. And make sure that you're submitted to the Father. And that the reason you're submitting to these other people in your life is because you love the Father. And you're willing to follow the Father. Okay? Be careful who you submit to. And that means every once in a while you're going to discover something you believed isn't actually true. And so some of us as young men grew up hearing that the man should be the one providing. That It's improper for a woman to be working outside the home. She should be pregnant and barefoot in the kitchen all the time. All that stuff, right? Not true. Not true. It doesn't matter. In fact, Jesus encouraged a whole bunch of women to follow him and tend to his needs. They weren't in a home. They were a blessing to him and they were a blessing to us because they doctored him and cared for his needs. There's so many examples of women who aren't like that in Scripture, and God praises them. So, treat your woman like the crown of creation she is. Let her be a light, and you be a light for her. You are accountable to your Heavenly Father for what happens in your home. You're not accountable to everybody that lives on your street. God's blessings, fellas. Go be the man that God created you to be. We'll see you next time. On behalf of all those involved in producing, recording, and publishing this episode, thank you for listening to the Gird Up podcast. We hope it helps you along your journey to be a man after God's own heart. Be sure to check out the Gird Up channel on YouTube. There you will find many podcast episodes just like this one, but you will also find exclusive video content geared at helping you be the man that God created you to be by introducing you to other godly men, teaching you how to behave, study, dress, act, eat, and live like a man of God, and you'll find devotions to help you grow in faith. Please consider supporting Gird Up Ministries by donating on Patreon, shopping in the online store at girdupministries.com, or by making a $5 cup of coffee donation at girdupministries.com. Those donations help us make more great content just like this for young men just like you. Make sure that you like, follow, friend, and subscribe to Gird Up and our guests on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Those links are in the description. And as always, we'll be praying for you on your journey. Blessings, men. Time to gird up and go be the man that God created you to be.